Greetings. Welcome to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. Mike Carmen covers Purdue Sports for jconline.com and the Lafayette Journal and Courier. It is Monday, August the 23rd. Purdue has wrapped up its preseason camp. They're on to now preparing uh, for Oregon State, the September 4th opener at ross Stadium. Uh, I think they've been preparing for Oregon State a little bit during camp as well. But camp is kind of the ending point of, uh, you know, preseason and getting some of your questions answered. So they just went through that. Two weeks of camp, two scrimmages, two different scrimmages, uh, according to Jeff Brom. Uh, The media, uh, we were allowed to watch the first six practices, and uh, I published our camp awards for uh, this year up at jconline.com, Camper of the Year and some other things that uh, stood out during our time to watch or maybe some stuff that I heard when we were not allowed to watch. Uh, So uh, that's up on the website if you want to take a look at that. What I thought we'd do uh, in this edition of the podcast is kind of go through each position, kind of what what did we learn and what we don't know uh, about each position group as we get closer to uh, the season opener. Uh, and first, we'll start with quarterbacks, which is a good place to start. I think what we learned is that there's there's three guys competing for the number one job, but um, I'll, I'll trim that down even more. I, I, I still think it's a it's a two man race uh, between uh, Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell. And but I, I do think that Austin Burden has made strides since last year. He just knows the offense after a year in it. And I do think he gives them a different dimension. Um, so, uh, but I, I still think the starters either Plummer or O'Connell. And as I've said, as as I've written, uh, and I'm not changing my stance on this. Uh, it's just time for Plummer to win the job. Uh, he's been in the program long enough. He has a skill set. Um, his performances over his 13 career games uh, are good enough uh, to to win the job. Uh, doesn't mean O'Connell hasn't been good, and he, but he, and he has. He's been really good in a couple late-game situations. But I, I think that uh, Jack Plummer kind of gives Jeff Brom what, what he's looking for uh, out of a quarterback. That doesn't mean that uh, Plummer should keep the job all year. It just I, I just think it's time for him to win the job. And if he's not going to win the job this season, when is he going to win it? I mean, again, he's been here long enough. I, d- I just think it's time for him to win it. And if if the Brahms don't think that he should be the opening day starter, then I, I would expect Jack Plummer to maybe look elsewhere to to try to uh, keep his college career going. Um, that's I mean that's not a negative. It's just if it's not going to happen in these two years, and it's probably not going to happen. But and if, if Aiden O'Connell's a starter, I think he'll do fine like he did last year before his injury. But I, I just think it's time for Jack Plummer to win the job. Now, what we don't know is how committed Jeff Brom is to playing multiple quarterbacks. I, I know that causes some people to, to wig out and freak out. Um, and I, I, and I, don't, I'm not, I don't go in that direction. I, I just think when you have... Um, the, the talent that is equal, um, that uh, that these three appear to have, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see 
three all three quarterbacks at some point this year um so it's not you know it won't be out of the 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 question to see uh three quarterbacks play that have nothing to do with injury uh it'll be performance um and i you know and i don't know if either one of these guys or all three of these guys could take you know could be the quarterback from the first game to the 12th game if if one of them does that if it's Plummer O'Connell would do that then you know Purdue's going to have a good season and just because you play multiple quarterbacks doesn't mean you're not going to have a good season you know there's there's going to be the hot hand factor there there's going to be the change of pace factor there like you know I, I think that Burton should be able to help Purdue in some short yardage situations, being able to run the option and uh, become a dual threat. Um, so I, I, I would use him in that regard. Doesn't I don't, I don't know if if Jeff and his offensive staff are looking in that direction. We did see a little bit more of that uh, in this camp, maybe compared to some others. So I mean, I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't wig out if you see multiple quarterbacks. I mean, if you know, if Plummer is a starter and he struggles early against Oregon State. You know, would would Brown pull the trigger and put O'Connell or somebody else in there? You know, it's a very important game for Purdue, and they need to they need to win that game to to really set themselves up to uh, to to try to to reach a bowl game this year. And it'll be hard for them to do that if they if they fall to 0 and 1. But you know, there could be a lot of different factors why Purdue would struggle in that game, and if they do struggle at all. But anyway, that, that's kind of where I see the quarterback situation right now. Uh, don't be surprised if you see three throughout the year. Um, and Purdue's also had trouble keeping um, keeping their quarterbacks healthy. Uh, so they, they've got to have guys ready to go and guys be prepared uh, to play that position. Uh, at the running back spot, what did we learn? Um, uh, Xander Horvath is the number one guy, uh, I think. King Drew would be number two right now, but I don't know how how solid that is. I think Dylan Downing has made uh, some strides in camp, um, and I I think you'll see him play some fullback. I think you'll see him get in there in some short yardage situations, red zone opportunities. Um, you know, Purdue's going to have uh, more options at the running back position uh, this year compared to the last uh, couple years. Um, but, you know, it's probably Horvath, uh, Daru, and then Downing as your, as your top three right now. They do have some other guys that they could, they could throw in there. Jaquiz Cross, a uh, freshman. Um, don't know if he would see action in the first game, uh, but I think throughout the year he'll probably get a shot to play uh, in, you know, just in some uh, small packages that they would have for him. Uh, they they would need to get him uh, out on the edge, out in space, to to make him more effective. But uh, he does give uh, the running back room a bit of a home run threat um, in that position that, that Purdue doesn't really have. You know, Horvath is is very athletic. He's very big, very athletic. But does he run away from defenders? Can he get to that third level and run away from a safety or a cornerback? Uh, he, he's had some big games gains over the years, over the year. But uh, um, you know, Cross would give them that kind of a home run, home run threat there. 
you know, what we don't know about the running back position, uh, number one is whether Samson James will be eligible to play this year. Uh, he is practicing uh, with the team. Uh, it is a bit of a long shot for him to get eligible since he did practice at Indiana before jumping into the transfer portal. So I don't think Purdue is counting on him playing uh, right now. If they, if he does, it's a bit of a bonus uh, for them. You know, if, if he is ruled eligible, then um, he's got to get up to speed with the playbook and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the best case for Purdue is that he's a he's a scout team running back against the number one defense throughout the year. You know, you, you hope that he he makes that defense better by challenging them with his skill set. But, you know, that's probably the one thing we don't know about the running back room is uh, whether Samson James will be eligible or not. A bit of a long shot, but if you're Purdue, you, you took it for the short term, but you also you also took him for the long term uh, to have uh, a guy of that caliber uh, in your room going into the, the 2022 season. Uh, the wide receiver group, what we learned, David Bell still really good. Uh, we knew that. Uh, Milton Wright, uh, still one of the top receivers on the team. You know, Brock Thompson, a transfer from Marshall, who was originally from Indianapolis, uh, did some really good things in camp. And, I, you know, I think he's going to be uh, in that rotation of six or seven guys that, that move through the lineup during, during a game. Uh, and, you know, his leadership skills have been really good uh, for this team and this program since he got here in the summer. Uh, so he's, I think he's had a positive impact on maybe some of the younger guys uh, in the receiving room. So, but he he can also play, and I think he's, you know, he's not going to take David Bell's spot, but he, but he'd be a nice compliment to Bell uh, in the receiving uh, room along with Milton Wright, and you know, and the other the guy that I'm really interested to see and how he develops this year is Marshawn Rice, who hasn't played receiver the first two years. He's been banged up. Uh, he has played some kickoff team, but um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he fits into the group. Uh, can he get out there and make some plays? Big body guy, athletic. You can play some jump ball with him. Uh, so we're just really interested to see where he fits into this group. Another guy is Colin Sullivan, who I thought in the time we were able to watch had, had a good camp, was having a good camp. So you know where does he um, where does he fit uh, in this group and uh, and where does he play? You know T.J. Sheffield and Jackson Anthrop are going to be your slot receivers. Um, I don't think there's any you know really major question about that. Uh, probably the one thing we don't know about the receiver group is you know does Marcellus Moore you know inch up in the in the slot receiver conversation? Uh, he's been more used in the return game uh, during camp. Um, he has a speed, no question. He's a, he's a bonafide track guy, but, um, you know, can he, you know, what is his ball security like, you know, his hands and all that kind of stuff uh, where, you know, you're going to get a trust factor there from the quarterbacks uh, being able to make plays. But, you know, I think the receiver group has a chance uh uh, maybe to surprise some people. I mean, you have David Bell. That's not a surprise. But you also lost Rondell Moore. So who fills some of that void there? Who fills some of the some of the production there that that you lost with Rondell? And you know, and I think that can be across the board. Uh, and 
and there's probably a couple other receivers that get that have a chance to move up and get get involved there but uh we'll we'll see how uh we'll see how that plays out uh leading up uh into the first game the offensive line um you know I, i think this is a a bit of a concern coming out of camp uh you know i do think you know if they get their starters healthy in the the way I see it with their starters, you have Greg Long at left tackle, Spencer Holstedge at left guard, Gus Hartwig at center, uh, Tyler Witt at right guard, and Eric Miller at right tackle. Uh, if you can get those guys on the field together at the same time, you know I think Purdue has a little bit of a fighting chance there, uh, but it's been hit or miss whether that group has been together. A lot in camp. I don't think it has. Um, there were there were a couple days last week that uh, Spencer Holstedge did not practice. At least he was not dressed out in practice at the end. Um, whether something minor, something major, uh, don't know for sure. But um, the, the the question becomes: they just don't. They don't have a lot of depth there. They they used to have a, a lot of depth a year ago, but they've lost. You know, four guys uh, for medical reasons, and uh, they just cannot afford another um, losing another body off that off that unit. Because um, you know, I, I think they can hold up well. You know, and Cam Craig is kind of the thing that we don't know about. Is um, you know, I don't know how much he's practiced uh, in camp. I think he started out uh, in camp practicing. He was working with the twos. Um, he's clearly one of their better offensive linemen when he's healthy, but um, I believe he had a, a back issue uh, at some point in the first week of camp, and he's been he's been hit and miss, more miss I think from the time from the the, the stuff that uh, that we've seen, um, and so that creates a bit of a uh, an issue for your your offensive line um, going into your first game. And the, and the fact that you just don't have um, the depth. You have bodies, but do you have the depth to really um, do something about it if, if another guy goes down? And the chances of Purdue staying with the same offensive line it started with in, in game one uh, through game 12 you know, probably won't happen. Uh, so I, that to me, that's the biggest concern on the on the offense right now is uh, the offensive line. And as I said a year ago, they had, they had I thought they had two groups. You know, they had at least eight to ten guys that could rotate in. Uh, but now I, I think they can go and be and play effectively. I, I think right now you're looking at seven. Uh, in having this group play effectively, I think anything beyond that, uh, I think is going to be a struggle uh, for this team. And then you've got to keep you've got to keep the guys you have, your number one guys, your main guys healthy. Uh, and with the schedule that Purdue uh, is playing, uh, that that's going to be it's going to be a hard thing to do, to be honest. And you know, I know Purdue was still kind of looking in the portal. Uh, during camp to see if they could find another offensive lineman. 
Um, they, they, I don't think they did it. Uh, so this is the, the group that we're going to have, or you're going to have going into uh, the 2021 season. So to me, that's that's a big concern right now, and um, they're going to have to overcome the lack of depth to uh, to really be effective. And you know, you've got to be able to run the ball uh, at some point this year, even if it's short yardage situations. Uh, so that you know, they've got they've got a major task ahead of them defensively. Uh, the defensive line, what we learned, you know, George Karloftis is legit. He's a he's a player. We all knew that. Demarcus Mitchell, you know, finally got back toward the end of last week. Did play some in the scrimmage, um, and he's got to play hard all the time. And for this defensive line to be effective, you know, everybody on that line has to to play hard. And I think Mark Hagan will get it out of him. But Mitchell, he has he has enough talent to really help and to really become a force with him and George's bookends on that line. But it's got to be an every-down thing. Uh, and Purdue does have some depth there. They can throw in there with Jack Sullivan and Kydron Jenkins. Got a lot of work with uh, the number one Leo, uh, the number one Leo position. So, you know, Purdue's got some depth there they can play with. They can, you know, give George a spell every once in a while. But, not, but when you start looking at the tackle positions, um, you know, Lawrence Johnson and Branson Dean are holdovers from last year, guys that have played the most with Purdue. Uh, and you've got a couple transfers that are trying to work their way in right now. Uh, Demarge Lewis, uh, who came from Indiana, and then uh, Prince Boyd, who was, came from a junior college, uh, Independence Community College, are going to be part of that rotation. So you've got probably four guys there that um, – are going to move into that tackle spot, and I, you know, I, I also think you'll see uh, a lot of different formations from the defensive line. You'll see some three-man fronts, and you could shift George Karloftis down uh, inside on a three-man on a three-man front, or even on a four-man front. Jack Sullivan is a guy I think that would move in, could move inside uh, if they need to be. So I would look for a lot of changes there, a lot of variety. Uh, uh, but with with the four three alignment that they're at least going to start with, uh, the ends are fine. You worry a little bit about the tackles. You just don't know how how long those guys are going to be able to hold up. Um, and when you get when you get into games, can they uh, you know can they play the required number of snaps? How how deep do you go at the defensive tackle position uh, to keep guys fresh and keep guys. Uh, with a high motor. Uh, the linebackers, uh, what we learned, I think OC Brothers is uh, going to help. Uh, athletic uh, player. Um, can can uh, go out and cover in space. Um, brings a good attitude. So, you know, I think he'll help. Jalen Alexander is going to be fine. He's going to, he'll start, uh, well, I assume he'll start <laughs> the first game. Uh, they were keeping him they were limiting his reps early in camp because he was coming off a torn labrum um, in his hip. And so they, they've eased him into it. And then Jayla Graham was, is the third linebacker there. Um, and he's been, he's been, he's been solid in this, in the last couple of years. So um, of course they lost Samisi uh, to a, a broken ankle uh, on you know early in practice, so th- that took away some of their depth. Kieran Douglas uh, 
is a guy that will that will fill in there as well. But he's more suited for when you play Iowa and Wisconsin as opposed to, you know, playing the the spread teams. Um, you know, the the linebacking group. You know, the the first wave of them I think will be okay. But you know, what we don't know is, you know, when does that depth kick in, and you know, can't are, are there other guys there that uh, are going to be able to step up and you know, in case of an injury or just filling in for a series um and that's where you know purdue is at a lot of its positions is just the depth factor can they um do they have enough guys there to fill in even if it's for a player or two without you know getting hurt uh badly but linebackers uh, a little short on bodies right now um and we'll see how that situation plays out the cornerback position pretty well set um you know Diedrich Mackey and Corey Trice are going to be your starters. Uh, they both have played a lot. They have a lot of experience. Trice is more and more comfortable playing the corner position. You know, when he moved there a couple years ago, uh, Mackey probably a little undersized, but brings he's pretty strong. And then you know what we don't know is uh, Jamari Brown, who who got involved in practice at the end of last week and then played some in the scrimmage, according to Jeff Brom. Um, He'll rotate in. He'll be part of the mix. Uh, but how much early on, how much in that first game um, will he play? Uh, because, he just, you know, he hasn't done it a lot. Uh, we, you know, we hear that, you know, he's picked up on the uh, on the defense, what's needed. But, you know, he needs, he needs reps. So you hope this week and next week he's getting a lot of reps so he can kind of slide in there and – and and spell Mackey or Trice uh, for a series or two, and then you got Anthony Romp who uh, will be involved in the rotation, redshirt freshman. Um, you know, he, he shared with us that he, he's deaf in both ears, but he would never know it um, uh, based on how he communicates and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think Purdue probably, you know, they've got four corners they can lean on. Uh, probably a couple other guys that would have to step up if if something happened, but uh, you know that's the thing they don't they don't have a lot of depth at the cornerback position uh, as well. Special teams, what we learned is you got a number one punter Jack Ansel from Australia, got a number one kicker Mitchell Feinerman from uh, Sanford FCS transfer. Uh, those things are pretty well set. Your return guys. You know, T.J. Sheffield will be part of the mix. Jackson Anthrop will be part of the mix. King Daru could be part of the mix uh, in the in the kickoff return game, in the punt return game. Uh, you know, Jackson Anthrop probably is going to be involved there. And, and the thing about Purdue's punt return game will be, you know, I, I really think that they're going to focus, as, as they have in the past, but I really think they're going to focus just on field position and making sure they're not losing field position, letting the ball bounce, you know, at the 35 and letting it roll 15 yards. So instead of starting at the 35, you're starting at the 20. Uh, so, you, you you know, there's things like that that can save you field position with, with fair catches and, and other things. Um, you know, Marcellus Moore is also a guy that could get involved in the return game um, uh, if they need him to. You know, he, he had one last year uh, that, he, that he bobbled, that he muffed. Uh, but... You know, he, he's also a guy that you, if he if he can get in the lane, 
you would think that he would be able to get some big yardage because of how fast that he can run. You know, what we don't know about special teams is actually how many starters are going to be on the, the coverage units, the kickoff and punt. Um, you know, Marty Biaggi, the special teams coordinator, has talked about uh, getting more starters on special teams. That's a delicate balance because uh, every time you put a guy out there, he's at risk of getting hurt, and Purdue just doesn't have that kind of depth to um, to, to take a chance like that. But you also don't have a lot of depth on your roster just to have a have a group of special teams that that are not starters. Uh, so Purdue's in a really tough position. You know they have to improve this area of their of their game, and to, you know as I mentioned, it's about field position uh, to me. It's about uh, forcing teams either through you know a, a touchback or with your coverage of making them start you know from the you know inside the 25 yard line on kickoffs and then uh, getting more than that on your own kickoffs and then on on their punts is pitting them as deep as possible. Uh, not letting them have big returns, but also uh, from from Purdue standpoint, you know, protecting the field position position you you know you already have, and it you know the, the the numbers will tell you and the stats and the analytics and all that. The farther you have to go, the more chances that you that you take for screwing up, whether it be a turnover or something else. So you you've got. Purdue needs to protect its field position as best as possible, uh, but they do need some plays in, in special teams that can flip the field and do some other things that maybe their offense uh, hasn't done the last couple years or maybe their defense has, has let happen. So that's kind of where things stand from uh, how I see it, whether you agree or not. You're entitled to your opinion, just like I am. Uh, but that's kind of uh, that's how I see where Purdue's at right now, uh, heading into this you know week before game week. Although they'll be focusing on Oregon State uh, quite a bit. There is a there is a Big Ten game on Saturday in week zero. It's uh, Nebraska and Illinois in, in Champaign, so we'll get Big Ten football this weekend. So that'll be interesting to see and uh, two teams in the West that Purdue has to play and kind of how 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 we think Purdue may match up with one, either one of those teams. You know, I think Purdue gets Illinois early. Um, and I, you know, and I think that'll, um, that'll be to their benefit, uh, because Purdue should have its roster and its situation straightened out a little bit more than Illinois with a new coach and new system and new scheme and all that kind of stuff. So Purdue should be able to take advantage of that. And then they played Nebraska in late October, and, you know, nobody has an idea exactly what's going on uh, <laughs> with those teams at that point. Even You know, we don't even know what's going on with Purdue uh, around Halloween. So, um, anyway, Big Ten football is going to start this weekend. And then, obviously, next week uh, it begins with a full slate. And uh, we'll be back at it and, uh, uh, you know, doing what we did a couple years ago. So, hopefully... Things uh, allow us to do that. The uh, the COVID allows us to still go and cover games and allows fans to get inside the stadiums and tailgate and do what they're used to. But uh, you know, with their, you know, as you know, things change rapidly. So stay tuned to what to what's happening and um, and, and hopefully uh, everyone can make it through the season in good shape. 
Well, we appreciate you stopping by. If you have questions or comments, uh, you can reach me through email, uh, Twitter, DM, uh, Pigeon, or Snail Mail, or however you want to do it. So uh, we just appreciate you stopping by and listening to the latest edition of the Boilers Extra podcast. Uh, Until next time, have a good day.